This episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast was brought to you by Murad Skincare Australia. Hello and welcome to the Beauté Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauté Industry, Tamara Reid. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. My guest today is Louise Michelle. Louise has been working from home for the last 10 years in business. She stocks four brands, is often booked out for two to three months in advance, and has a loyal clientele, some of which are in their third generation seeing Louise for treatments. If you've ever considered running a beauty business from home, or perhaps you currently do, Louise and I explore how to get started, how to price your services, how to market and advertise to clients, and also chat about the secret to not bringing your work home with you when you work from home. Here's Louise and I for Beauty Industry. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tamara. It is my pleasure. We put a call out in our beauty industry Facebook community and I said, who do you guys want to hear on our podcast? And so many people said, we want to hear from the people who don't want to go into the big supermarkets, who don't want to go into the shopping centers, the home businesses, the ones who love it and relish it. And you were tagged lots. So here we are on this podcast. But before we get into how you've actually built up your home business, I'd love to start back at the start. How did your career into the industry altogether begin? Well, my career began as a bit of an accident. I was working for ANSET and they were closed and I I was in Queensland and I moved to Perth. And then once I was in Perth, I thought, "What, what, what can I do? And I was 23 at the time and I thought, I'll go study beauty therapy. So there was the Australian College of Beauty Therapy and off I went and did my studies and never looked back. Gorgeous. And so what was your first job out of beauty school? Um, My first job, I was very lucky. My work experience was at a place called the Beauty Sanctuary and that was in Netherlands in WA and uh, we were very fortunate because we were living there as well. So it was very close to home. Actually, I think it was Subiaco, but very close. And they offered me a job. So I was very lucky. So from work experience, went straight into a job. And in that job, what did you find that you were the most passionate about? Was there one specific thing that you just loved more than anything else? Well, the beauty sanctuary was a little bit different. So we are talking a long time ago when there wasn't a huge concept. And the concept that she had was hair, makeup and beauty all at once. And she actually even offered the little lunches and the glass of champagne. So it was very like, in its day, it was actually a beauty sanctuary. And I think my love or my passion was for massage and for skin. And so how did you progress your career from that first beauty salon? I mean, did you go straight into your home or what was your next step from there? 
Okay, my next step from there was we actually had to move to the country in WA and I was suddenly um, gone from a very upmarket uh, clinic to a, a country town and the country town's clinic was everything all at once. So it was your chiropractor, your physio and your beauty. And it was very different. So it looked completely different and, you know, I went from the very suave to basically very minimal and there was a lot of massage and I was suddenly massaging all lots of people like cray fishermen, shearers, oil workers, a lot of men um, and, and suddenly I realised, oh, okay, well, massage is my thing right now. So it was a lot of massage. So there wasn't a lot of beauty and I really enjoyed the massage from there. And eventually we ended up leaving Perth and I came back to Adelaide and um, settled in Adelaide. And I've done quite a bit of moving and living overseas. So I've been very lucky. I think one good thing about beauty therapy um, is you can take it wherever you go. So it doesn't matter what state or what city or what country. Um, back then we did iTech, which I'm not even sure if iTech's still around or not. Um, but that's the diploma that we got back then. And from there, once I got back to Adelaide, I realised I wanted to do more study and more study. Um, there wasn't dermal therapy, so I went ahead into Melbourne and I did the, it was back then called paramedical esthetician course, um, which of course now isn't there. Dermal therapy is now taken over. Um, and from, I think from one job, I landed a job which I was very lucky. My boss was a nurse and she had a beautiful clinic and she was my mentor. She taught me so much. It was amazing. I was there for many, many years. And we were on a beautiful um, street called King William Road in Hyde Park in South Australia. And it was, again, another upmarket salon. And from there, we, we were educated and we were taught and she constantly um, encouraged us to keep learning. And I think for any therapist, you can just, that's my biggest advice, keep learning. Just keep learning. doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. Just constantly educate yourself and keep learning. Yes. And, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, you know, the fact that you have travelled across so many states, first of all, but then also so many different landscapes or types of beauty business, you know, upmarket, lower end, um, you know, in the complex with a chiropractor mm -hmm. and a physio and things like that. I think that gives you so much experience and knowledge in your travels. Absolutely. And I think it gives you that, um, that, on, that knowledge to work with different clientele. So you can be working with a farm or you could be working with a high-end, you know, business owner, so corporate. So, uh, so it was a really good grounding. From that salon, I actually ended up getting divorced and that's actually what brought me home. So I had my two children quite young and I thought, what can I do? I can't keep working and have these children 100%. And I was very, very lucky. My boss was very supportive of me. She helped me. She encouraged me. Um, and, yeah, so I've been working from home for 10 years now and never looked back. Incredible. I think that's something that it's so hard to be a mum in the beauty industry and something that a lot of 
women struggle with, you know, that push and pull between balance and, and the guilt of leaving your children at home or in daycare and you going to work, but you've got to go to work to get this wage to provide for their life. Is that the kind of pull that you felt? I did. And because we were a very busy salon, we had about eight girls that worked there. Um, and we were also very lucky because our boss introduced us to the doctors very early. So we did a lot of the pre and post for plastic surgery, preparing the skin. And this is way before the plastic surgeons had their beauty therapists working for them or the dermal therapists. So we were, we were encouraged to say we're not just beauty therapists, like we are skin technicians. And that was where our boss really pushed us. So we were very lucky. It wasn't just about nails and tanning and things like that. They really pushed us into skin. And so from that, I think my knowledge for skin grew, my love for skin grew, and also the massage. Um, and I think because we did work late at night, it was a salon that was open six days a week and we were open maybe four nights. And I just couldn't do that with small children. So, yeah, so I, I just... I guess I just took a big plunge and worked from home and I did start inside the home and realised, okay, well, that's not really working for me. So I built a studio next to my house. So it's right next door. So it's separate entrance, separate everything. So the clients don't have to come into my house. And, and that's why it works, I think, because it's quite separate. Did you ever think going back to beauty school or in your couple of first jobs watching your managers and the business owners that you would want to one day have your own business or or open your own space no i don't know i i think it just happened and it was one of the things i had to make it work i had to provide for my children i had to make it work i still wanted to be around my children so I was very lucky um, as the kids grew older, they could walk to and from school. So I had the beauty of, I kept working. Um, being from home, you could put them to bed and still do clients if you had to after hours. So I think having that flexibility of having that home work worked for me. Yeah. Okay. And so tell me about when you first went into your home and you said that didn't work. Why didn't that work for you? I think because, especially back then, like the clients would come in and like, let's just say they were overlapping, you know, they'd be in your lounge room waiting, like there wasn't any area really for them to wait. And sometimes the clients would actually get probably, like we love our clients, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, helping themselves to coffee and things like that, where you you need to have, you need to put up a barrier, you know, it's your home. And I thought, okay, we need to have a barrier here. So I need to go outside the home so they can come in and it's all professional and it doesn't cross that line. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the challenges with regards to starting up a home business that perhaps people don't know about during that initial setup? Because like yourself, a lot of people move into home because they're quite reactive and they're like, oh, I'll just open a home business tomorrow. And when we're seeing that, you know, in our statistics and things like that, ABNs are becoming more popular. What do you think that biggest misconception is? I think that you really need to do your groundwork because there's no foot traffic, okay? So you've got to be very confident that you have a good, loyal clientele following you. You need to look at all your cancel regulations. 
So you need to work out how much square meterage you're actually using on your private property because that does come into play. Um, and then some people think, oh, that's great. I'm just going to claim my electricity and claim my gas and my water. It doesn't actually work like that. So you've got to make sure that you have a good accountant, get some legal advice and also make sure everything's on par with your cancel. Yeah. So there's okay. a bit of background. And, and, you know, you need to go and, and get some advice. You, that's what I would do anyway go and actually pay for someone to go, okay, this is this is the legalities, this is your accounting side and this is your cancel and regulated side. Yes. It's interesting what you meant there about no foot traffic because I think that's the biggest question that I get asked by our community members who are in-home businesses. How do you advertise your services without foot traffic? I think, again, being lucky, I've been in the industry a long time, so it's word of mouth. Um, and going back to that original word of mouth advertising, especially if your home base is your biggest, ad it's amazing. Um, and again, when I first started, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't the Snapchat or the Instagram, there was nothing like that. So basically, um, it was word of mouth. I had a lot of clients that did follow me from the clinic. Um, so I was very fortunate. And I think Adelaide is that sort of town where I'm up to families now, like a couple of my families, I'm doing fourth generation. So it's amazing. Um, my eldest client at the moment is 91. My youngest client at the moment is eight. So there's no demographics of age. I think working from home, you get to have that whole family come to visit you, if it's male, if it's child, because they feel safe. It's, they're not, especially for the men, they're not sitting in a waiting room. They come straight in, no one sees them, they can leave. Now the girls have all their social media, which they would need to do because there is no foot traffic. So they need a good, um, I guess, they need their own confidence, but a marketing plan. And how do they get people to their home? So they might want to target communities, target schools, target the people around them if they want to stay in their demographic. Um, I find that I do do locals, but I, I do all over. There's no demographic. So, yeah, I, yeah that, that, is, that is hard. And I'd say if I was opening up from home now, it would be a, a more of a challenge. Um, but word of mouth for me has been the biggest way to get my clients. After the break, Louise and I explore charging your worth and the ever lusted after balance that we're all trying to achieve. But first, a word from today's Beauté partner. Community, if you are looking to gain total skin wellness for your clients, then look no further. Murad's science-backed professional skincare treatments and solutions promote healthy, nourished and beautiful skin. Murad's founder, Dr. Howard Murad, is recognised around the world as a leading visionary for his unmatched scientific innovations. A board-certified dermatologist, trained pharmacist and associate clinical professor of medicine, Dr. Murad has personally treated over 50,000 patients, so it's safe to say that he knows skin. For more than 30 years, Murad has been committed to developing clinically proven, cruelty-free products that meet the meticulous standards for safety, efficacy and care you would expect from a doctor. Plus, they're supported by Dr. Murad's industry-first research for the most advanced formulas that don't just consider a symptom or a concern, but rather address total skin health. 
The team at Murad want to help you achieve yours and your clients' skincare goals, and they're so kindly offering a free product pack to start you on your journey. That is right, you heard it here. It is free. All you have to do is email kbacon, that's K-B-A-C-O-N, at murad.com and mention the Beauté Industry Podcast to have your Murad skincare pack sent out to you. As a longtime lover of Murad myself, trust me, your clients and your skin will thank you. Thank you so much to the team at Murad for making this episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Louise. At what point and how and also why, lots of questions, did you decide to open up the separate kind of studio space on your block? Basically, I just felt I wanted a separate entrance. Um, And I think for my children as well, I didn't want them, the people coming into my home. This is their home. And I wanted to separate that so the kids could come home and, and eat their snack after school or do whatever they needed to do or bring friends home and they weren't interrupting my work um, because you don't really want to be giving a beautiful facial or a massage and then kids screaming in the background. So that's another reason why I decided to open up something separate. Yeah, so they didn't, the children didn't annoy me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, A lot of people are told in life not to bring their work home. How do you manage working at home and having your home at your work? I mean, it's such a difficult kind of transition. I mean, how do you Mm -hmm. turn on and off? What does that look like Mm -hmm. for you? You have to be really strict because your clients become your friends. And, and that's just life. And you do have to have a boundary. Um, so, look, I, I have, a, I, they, they all know they come to the salon, not to the house. Um, I've made that very clear from the, the, the word go. Um, and then for me, switching on and off, that's hard. That is, that is hard and it's still something I'm learning after 10 years because there's always something to do. There's always, oh, I could just go do that because you're right next door. So that's your own self-discipline and that's something you have to go, okay, well, I'm actually working till this time and then cut. And that's just purely up to yourself as your self-discipline because you could work all night. We, we know that. We do that. And that's the same as other people that come home from work. They might bring client cards home um, or on the computer. You just have to learn to stop. Yes. Well, that's what I was going to ask because, you know, some people like the drive home because they like to listen to music and that's their de-stress mm-hmm. or they talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of specific ritual or anything you do to start or finish your day? Yeah. Well, before COVID, I would start with yoga and then I do a yoga class. I was doing a yoga class on Wednesday nights and Fridays. So that was a, um, Wednesday nights was a 7 p.m. class. So I had to make sure, you know, I had done all my clients and in class on time. And Fridays was at 4.30. So that was a big change for me because I used to work late Friday nights. And I was like, no, I'm actually going to stop and, and, and do that, which I think you need as well. Um, oh, a few years ago, I did my oncology therapy training um, for massage and I think also when you do get to work with so many different people at so many different levels of health you do need an outlet to actually leave the salon and, and clear the head and then come back in you can't just be in work 24 7 because you you live here as well 
Yes, absolutely. In our Facebook community, we have been having lots of chats, especially post-pandemic and COVID and all of the rest of that around pricing and putting our prices up. And um, there's a few people who have home businesses who said, I don't feel like I can put my prices up anymore because I don't pay, you know, a shopping centre rent or I don't have massive overheads. And you have quite a unique stance on pricing, which you commented there. Do you want to share with us what that is? Well, I, I do have a few different outlooks on that because I feel it, you're, I'm a therapist now of 20 odd years. So they're actually not paying for the shopping centre experience or the, the big salon experience. They're paying for my knowledge and they're paying for what are the journey, their skin journey or their massage journey or their health journey with me. And so I, I said to some of these girls, don't underestimate yourself. Make sure that you believe in yourself and you believe what you are worth. It, just because you're at home doesn't mean you're not worth the same as a girl in a, in a clinic. Um, no, we don't have the big overheads of that, but we still have the overheads of insurance, which sometimes could be more from home. We still have the overheads of all the costing. If we're using a good product, we still have the overheads of all of our stock, etc. We still have FCOS machines. We still have websites to run. So we still do encounter those costs. So I do say to those girls, please don't underestimate yourself. Please make sure that you are covering your costs. Please make sure that you are not doing your treatments for free. So when you're doing your costings, make sure you've actually got a wage in there. And that's the biggest thing for anyone that's running any sort of business. You need to pay yourself a wage from the word go because why would you work for free? You're not going to go and work for someone for free. So you need to pay a wage. For me, I worked out basically what it cost an hour basically to run my clinic and then what profits was I making from that and what wage could I pull from that. That's so, sage yeah. advice because I don't think a lot of people know their overheads, you know. I think a lot of business owners need to know their numbers and we say this all the time, know your numbers, know your financials, know your figures. But until you specifically drill down and say, okay, I need $75 an hour before I start making any profit, we really don't understand what that means. No. And there's a really simple way which anyone can do. It's called the TARI, so T-A-R-I system, the Targeted Average Rate Index. Anyone can do it. You don't need your accountant. So you basically get 10 treatments if it's from a week or a month, however you want to set it up. From those 10 treatments, if it's a massage, if it's a makeup, if it's a facial, if it's dermapen, if it's injectables, whatever it is, you get your 10 treatments divided by 10. And that is your average cost. From that, I try and upmarket it maybe by 10%. So you might go, okay, you know what? I really do need to sell a little bit more product or I really need to push that. So you, you have to be aware of what's going on within your business, not just run your business. And that's as all business owners, we often get distracted. We're in the business, working, 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 but we have to stop and go, okay, what's actually happening in our business? Am I working for free? You know, how much does it cost me to do that treatment? plus my wage, plus my running costs, plus the F cost, plus insurance, all of that, what is left of my profit, you know? And when the girls work that out, they're like, oh, I'm working for $10 an hour. Why would you work for $10 an hour? 
So yeah, don't underestimate yourself and, and value what you do. I think we're lucky because most beauty therapists love their job. So we work for our passion, which is we're very fortunate to say I love my job because not many people get to say that. Yeah, I completely agree. I hear um, so many people coming home. I mean, you know, people in my friends and my family and they've got no drive or no purpose or they don't know what they what they want to do in life. And I rarely hear that from our industry. So we are very, very blessed. Would you mind sharing with us, you and I had a conversation offline the other day about why you don't take just kind of one-off eyebrow appointments. Yeah. Um, do you mind sharing with us why? Um, it was actually my father. He said, why are you doing these $10 lip wax? Or he said, you're actually, you're actually not making any money. And it was really hard because I did have a group of ladies that just do their eyebrows and that's what they came for. And, you know, but the time they came in and we had our little chat and glass of water or a coffee or whatever it is, like I was actually losing money. And so it was really hard. I had to say to them, look, um, I've actually decided that there's no waxing unless there's a facial. And I had to put my prices up. So I did a combination. So for me, it worked out. I did a combination of waxing and tinting and that covered my cost. And then if the ladies don't want that, then I've actually said, well, you know, I know this amazing girl and she's happy to do waxing. And and I found them a new therapist. But yeah, so it was hard, but it's, uh, look, it's been the best thing I ever did. And I guess in losing some of those clients who do want the quick in and out services, you are doing a few things. You're niching down, you're valuing yourself. And at the same time, you're increasing your average client transaction, which means you get more revenue, more profit. That's correct. And I was actually, I'll be honest, I was a little bit scared. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose that client. And I you know, and They've all been replaced with facial clients, which is, a, you know, completely different. So I was afraid, but, yeah, it's all, it's all worked out for the best. And I, I did, on the Facebook, Facebook group, I did say that to a couple of girls, don't be afraid because they will be replaced. You will find a new client. And a lot of those clients that were having the waxing said, well, you know what, I have been thinking about having a facial and, and some of them have turned into facial clients. Um, others have turned into massage clients. So, yeah, it's all worked out for the best, but it, but it was hard. With regards to your products, you mentioned you've mm -hmm. got four ranges. And yeah. back in the day, there weren't a lot of product houses who stocked into home businesses. Did you ever have trouble when approaching a company that they might have said no because you're a home business? Um, absolutely. Like, um, um, one of the products that I have don't service home clinics, but I have been with them for about 18 years. So I do have an exception there. So I'm very lucky. Um, the others, they do, they come and check. The, the rep will come out and they will check and they'll have a look and they'll make sure that your surroundings is their ethos or their ethics or their look. So they come out and check and then they say yes or no. And I think for the girls that, that, um, that they might choose a brand and they do say no, not to be disheartened, but then to look for a brand that suits them because you, we have to work with brands that we believe in and we have to work with brands that resonate within us. And those brands have to work with me. So if that makes sense. 
So yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it, it's lucky. One of my brands, yeah, unfortunately doesn't do home salons anymore. Um, but I'm very fortunate I can keep working with them. Beautiful. Yeah. What do you think is the best thing about being a home business owner? The best thing? Um, it's actually quite funny. The best thing is when the clients come in their pyjamas, <laughs> their slippers. <laughs> Um, like if I, I do do um, three late nights a week still and, you know, they're, they're so comfortable now. So it's good because I would never walk into a, a clinic like that. Um, also working with the um, clients where their health isn't as good. So if they've got a port or if they've got um, some sort of therapy happening, they're very comfortable coming. Um, if they've got a stoma bag, everyone's comfortable. So that that's a good thing working from home. Um, for me... If I've worked a really 12-hour day or something, I might often say to my last client, you know, do you mind if I pop my Ugg boots on? And they're like, of course, go for it. So, you know, you've got that flexibility. Even though a lot of us in beauty therapy and dermal therapy, we forget to, you know, stop and drink our water and all of that stuff. Same happens when you're at home base. Nothing changes there. So you just have to make sure you have your breaks as well. Being home based, you think, oh, I'm going to book myself out for the whole day. But it, you find that you're a better therapist if you have your little breaks. Even if you give yourself five minutes here to have morning tea and, you know, a couple of, I don't know, five minutes in the afternoon. But you, you've got to have your breaks. Yeah. And that goes no matter, you know, what, what kind of premise you're in. Yeah. Um, with regards to pressure, I know a lot of home business owners feel pressure to make the move and transition into having a full, you know, commercial space. Have you ever felt that? No, I've never felt that. I, um, oh, I have offers and one lady gorgeous here in South Australia, she owns a lot of commercial real estate and she's got a beautiful setup with all different therapy and doctors and she's like you know why don't you ever come and I'm like but why do you come you come to me why would I pay you rent you know and mm. she's like yeah perfect. and I think from my um I think as our clients also can teach us a lot my clients who are in commercial real estate and that they always say never leave home they're the ones that have said don't ever leave home don't ever leave home so it's been it's good to have that feedback as well and then you think, how blessed are we? Like, well, how blessed am I through this COVID? I haven't had that that pressure of rent. So, I'm, I'm, you know, one less pressure that was taken away is amazing. So, yeah. Beautiful. What's your advice, just last question for you, for anybody who is at home and does feel the pressure or maybe they are a therapist contemplating opening a home business, just your advice to those home business owners in general? When I first started, I didn't do full time. I actually contracted myself out. So I started home base but I still contracted myself out to the clinic I was working at and then I contracted myself out to a spa. So I really didn't go bang, bang into it. I started so I could, when I had babysitters and that, I knew when and I made sure everyone was okay. There was no one that was upset that I was from home and everyone was well, well aware what was going on. Um, and then I, I think I realised, you know, I, I don't want to be doing this. I want to come home full time 
So that's basically, um, yeah, make sure you want to do it. That's my biggest advice. Make sure you want to do it. Make sure you've done your homework. Make sure that you have the clientele because there is not that foot traffic. You don't want to be opening up a home salon and then sitting there doing nothing. You know, you've got to make sure you do your homework, have your clients, get your marketing done, even if it's just you start with your Instagram and your Facebook, but start putting yourself out there so you have a, a name to yourself. I think that's my biggest advice. Thank you so much, Louise. It's been absolutely divine having you on the podcast today. I know so many of our business owners are going to be thankful for your time and, um, and your words of advice. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Louise. I am so glad so many of you requested this home business episode today because working from home is nothing to be afraid of or ashamed of. And I'm so glad we could have this conversation for you. That formula again, for those who may have missed it, to price your services is to take any 10 treatments on your service menu and divide it by 10 to give you your average cost. Then if you wish to increase your profit, add the percentage which you want to increase. So for example, 10% or 20%. If you know anyone else who would love to jump on this mic and you would like to hear from to create that conversation with, please do let me know and we will host that episode for you. Feel free to DM me at Tamara Shaw Reed or at Beauty Industry to have your say. Rate, review, subscribe, follow, like, and all of the other delicious things that help more home business owners like you find their way to conversations like these. Or if somebody doesn't know how to listen to a podcast, make sure you help them download the app on their phone so that they can start. Until next time, stay connected.